Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 190. We are 10 away from doing 208 things. That's insane. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt, Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. It's your boy Kyle Bennett, joined by your other boy Matt Castorina, live from Underground Studios. Whole bunch of stuff has gone down today, Bennett. How you doing? How you feeling? Uh, living the dream. Dot dot dot. I think. Uh, I thought I was dreaming, and then I pinched myself, and I woke up because who would have thought we'd be starting off an early December show with baseball news, the way things have gone the last two years? But the market is open. And uh, a lot of things happened today. Most notably, the Phillies make a big splash and sign former Mets starting pitcher Zach Wheeler to a five-year, $118 million contract. That is a lot of bread, my friend Zach. Um, Yeah, and apparently, too, the White Sox even offered more money. um, But he was happy to come to the Phillies. his wife now is apparently from, lives in is from North Jersey, so I guess kind of like a local story. Not often you get that that Philly has like that kind of pool, and I feel like Remember that's the last time it happened. Fair enough, and uh, Clifton, and yeah, I mean that's that's a cool aspect of it, and you know the money is let's be honest pretty crazy, but but we talked last week about how already the market was a little inflated some guys getting paid a little above their value um my thoughts on this are are going two ways one it's not my money so like i don't really care <laughs> um however though I, I know that we like to say like it's not my money or whatever there is a real cost to, to spending and having big contracts and that your ownership may decide that they don't want to pay the luxury tax um, and that may mean they don't want to dip further in or they may just start cutting, you know, and, and cutting costs other ways or by, you know, trading players if things go wrong and then all of a sudden you're stuck in a really bad situation. And my only concern with someone like Zach Wheeler is, again, it's not my money, but it's a big bet on a guy that is, he's a good pitcher, by the way. I don't want this to come across as like we just gave like $23 million to some bum because we didn't. But he is someone that has had injury problems in his career and has at times lacked a little consistency. But we can talk a little more about him and how he fits with this team. But I, on the whole, I mean, it's a big splash. I'm fine with taking a risk on a guy. Obviously, like to have someone like Garrett Cole would be better, like just objectively. Mm-hmm. But it, I've always felt that we're kind of third, maybe even fourth in the pecking order with Cole and that the Phillies clearly felt like, you know, we need like the guarantee talent into the like and we knew that this this pitching unit was going to need at least three additions this offseason and this is i think not a bad first step like he is your number one overall guy not great him as a second maybe even eventually a third or a fourth is amazing in my opinion i I think if this if Mm -hmm. we come into the new season with zach wheeler's a fourth option which i think is a little optimistic but if that's if he's your number three if he's your number three i think that's even pretty damn good like that's He's not a bad pitcher, and again, I think he kind of gets this bad rap, and part of it is because he's a Mets guy, and part of it is because of the injury stuff. He's missed two full seasons, whatever, but we've also seen pitchers like do the same. I think Patrick Corbin had the same questions last year, and obviously, again, each player's different, and there's some luck involved, and the Phillies have been really unlucky when it comes to pitcher health um, and developing pitchers as well, so that that is a question mark, but this is also a Phillies team that has like 
tremendous amount of pressure from the players all the way up. Um, and it might even actually be front office down because, you know, you already had manager turnover. Um, the next step is front office turnover. And I think now the the seats are hot. And um, this feels, this signing feels to me like John Milton saying, I don't care who you get, it needs to be better. And I'll spend whatever money it takes, which is a fine attitude to have. Um, because even a five-year deal is not typical of what we've seen. No. That's not a, an, a Phillies MO at all. Um, Last time we really did that was Cliff Lee. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I don't know that he's going to have Cliff Lee-like impact, but um, it is uncommon. But I think that's also a sign of the times. And everyone wants to talk more broadly about baseball and what this – and kind of getting baseball like back in like the centerfold and getting people to care about it again. One of those ways is paying guys. <laughs> like, you, you know, like in baseball, I think is one of the sports where – guys do get screwed over quite a bit with their with their time up and down you know through the the minor systems and um you know you have the arbitration system which can unfairly kind of rule against guys and you have these ways of making them you know really low paid for multiple years and then you know you kind of you can kind of not get paid what you're worth quite often when you're a major league baseball player so um yeah i i think you know, you can't have and want what the NBA has without also paying some people crazy money. That's just the fact of it. And I think it's better for the sport overall, even if ultimately, I hope it's not, but ultimately if guys like Zach Wheeler don't live up to that contract, you know, that you're at least spending this money now and players are getting a part of that because I think for the longest time, like, it's it's been like three teams spend money and everyone else, like just operates at a deficit and still a little bit like that but um i don't really have i'm struggling to be negative about this yeah i'm like in the middle you know it was it was one of those things where this move almost seemed inevitable like it was bound to happen it doesn't seem like the phillies really had any interest in garrett cole other than in a jake arietta situation where if his market collapsed then they'd go in although we do have news on the other big name uh, free agent starting pitcher when it comes to the Phillies, but Zach Wheeler, he's going to play next year for the majority of next season at age 30. That's one kind of red flag just because you're handing out a contract to a guy as he hits his age 30 season, but he has the arm and the innings pitched of like a 26, 27-year-old. Right. He's only been old. in the league five years. Um, he's a former first-round pick of the, the San Francisco Giants, which this part of it's hilarious to me, so Back when he was traded to the Mets, Zach Wheeler was traded for Carlos Beltran. Zach Wheeler in 2019 now leaves the Mets to come to the Phillies just as Carlos Beltran is taking over as manager for the Mets. Allegedly, too. We don't. We still don't <laughs> even know what's going to happen with all that. I think, yeah, I mean, the, the Garrett Cole stuff, I'll be honest, we're out on Garrett. Like it's, I agree. You know, I don't think we're spending that kind of money. Um, I think... I think even someone like Strasburg right now is a little bit fanciful just because that's a ton of money. And again, it's not mine. It's not like I'm the one sitting here. Like, I don't want to spend it. Spend whatever. You can get Strasburg and Cole. I, I, I couldn't give a damn. Um, but I, I just think that uh, Garrett definitely seems probably off the table. And Strasburg, I think, uh, in, in a similar way. But that doesn't mean that you can't add value. And that also doesn't mean that you can't. I mean, Gene Segura is still someone we're looking to move. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe see some pitching help in return for that, and there's still, like, positional players you can pick up. So I think the Phillies have, like, started out well enough. I think if Zach Wheeler is, like, I don't even mean in a financial sense, but I mean in just terms of, like, a caliber sense, if he's your best signing of the offseason, we're in trouble. Agreed. And if he's, like, the only, like, kind of, quote-unquote, big name that you're getting, Move we're in trouble. Type if Zach Wheeler is one of five guys that we add this offseason – and it also depends on their names. And to be honest, their contract deals and lengths too, because that is important to me that this team is financially sound. I know it's not my money, whatever. I don't care how much the billionaire spends, but I do want this team to be healthy going forward because already you have pretty two pretty loaded contracts on this roster that, let's be honest, Bryce Harper's overpaid and Zach Wheeler's overpaid. And we haven't even that's, given that's JT just, an extension yet. That's just the truth of it. That is just the honest truth. Um, Aaron Nola is like the only player on this team. <laughs> Nola and Kingery on the, the player-friendly and those, team. And those contracts. are because we, especially with Kingery, kind of got in before the peak. And Nola, it, 
I don't know really what happened with Nola, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Nola, we would agree Aaron Nola had a good season last year. It wasn't yes. as good as his prior year, where he was a Cy Young candidate. But he had a, a good slash great year. Um, so, I was just kind of looking, because, again, I feel like the rap on Zach Wheeler is that he's not very good, which I think is wrong. I think unfair. Um, so, Aaron Nola's numbers last year, 12-7. and 7, Not bad. Uh, he had 34 games that he started. Pitched 202 innings. He had an ERA last year of 3.87, right? He walked 80 guys. He had a FIP of 4.03, which falls, I believe, into the like average to below average ranking. FIP is kind of a new age type of way of looking. A better way to see how a guy is performing. So, Wheeler last year, 11-8. and eight. Pretty much similar types of things there. 31 games. Uh, let's see. He walks 50 guys in 190, 195 innings pitch. So only seven less. So we're, we're talking almost identical kind of uh, of stats here. And an ERA 3.96 and a FIP of 3.48, which is a little is higher a on that scale. better because you want your FIP and your ERA to kind of, if not be equal, your FIP to be lower. But that is really good. And let's see, Nola, 229 strikeouts. Uh, Wheeler, 195. And we know that he can. He's what, like top five in the majors in terms of pitch speed. Like he throws 98 miles an hour. Like does Matt Klentak know I'm how just hard saying, he throws? You, you look at those numbers, and we just agreed. And I think everyone has agreed, by the way, that Nola he had kind of a sluggish start, first month and a half of the season, not great, but. Pretty damn good for the the three fourths of the rest of the season, and we just got a guy who had a very similar season, and probably has roughly the same experience level in the majors. He's not he's obviously a little older than Aaron is, but in terms of actual like pitching experience, they're probably around the same ballpark area in terms of like innings pitched and all that, and. I don't know. I feel like they're both pretty good guys. And, I mean, Aaron Nola, we've seen, can be a Cy Young candidate. That's about his ceiling. I don't know that Zach Wither is quite that good, but he's he at least has an all-star ceiling, you know, and, and that's some of that is based on him being healthy. But I just feel like I just feel like I've, I've heard slander on him, and I think it's a little unfair because it's not, it's not like he's some journeyman that we just overpaid. I'll be honest. I wanted Cole Hamels on this team, but... You know, like a one-year deal would be ideal for someone like Hamels, but I mean, if you if you throw a three-year deal at Hamels, like how psyched are you about that? I don't know. Like part of it is just nostalgia. You want mm-hmm. Cole back on this team. Like how much is he actually helping you? Like at least we're getting a guy that has like we're getting his prime years. And again, you have to hope that he stays healthy. But it's not as if we just threw four years at Cole Hamels. They're like, oh, this will solve it. Like because that would be not learning from our mistakes. I think this is at least some step in the right direction, but it can't be just Zach Wheeler. Like right. this, this can't be just it, and it, need, it needs to be more. Um, I do worry, again, though, how much we're going to be spending after this because this, this feels like it might be like kind of the limit for this offseason, and I don't know I don't know what other workarounds we're going to get here. Yeah, and the interesting thing is uh, I'll have to find who tweeted it, but somebody did put out uh, this puts the Phillies, if they don't care about the luxury tax, with about $58 million more million to spend. Why not go and get a guy like Steven Strasburg, who I think fits the profile of this team more than Garrett Cole does now because of just money-wise and, and length of contract and everything. And uh, our good friend John Heyman tweeted uh, just about you know around 1 o'clock today that the Phillies are looking at Steven Strasburg. They just saw old friend Cole Hamels. Yes, Cole Hamels is off the market. He's going to the Braves. I am sad. Uh but expect them to work hard to improve the rotation, which they did. They later signed Zach Wheeler later on in the day. Uh, and then the other teams linked to Steven Strasburg, obviously the Nationals, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Padres, the incumbent Nats seen as the favorites for now, which makes sense. Uh, they seem to be more keen on keeping Steven Strasburg than Anthony Rendon. Um, but, I mean, just our name being thrown into the Steven Strasburg ring I'm totally down. If you are fully in on wanting this team to win a championship, John Middleton, 
Push your chips in and go get Steven Strasburg. And I, we talked last week as well. You're going to get some relief next, not this next year with Ariadne and Robertson both coming off the book. That's 35 and million. Bruce. And that that's a sizable. I mean, you're already theoretically paying for Wheeler with that money, and then some. Like you're you're getting a little extra back then. So yeah, like there is. It's not as if we're like completely strapped here. And it's the same argument that we had last offseason where it's like you haven't spent in six years. Like, time to open up, you know, and you have this money, um, use it. So I hope that we do. I I, I just feel concerned. I, I feel like we could get Strasburg, but I, you know. I'm not counting I'm on not happening. I'm not either. And you know what, like, I'm not going to say that's fine because I don't truly believe that. But it's like I can almost make my peace with it because I, I don't feel like it's not an ambition thing. I just feel like it's – He's been with the Nationals his entire career. He's had injury problems, whereas the Nationals have addressed those and have worked with him and have, you have to be honest, they've treated him well in terms of his, uh, like, all of his, like, getting back and rehabbing and being patient with him um, and and developing him and and giving him that space. Like, that's a hard thing for someone. He's been there for, what, eight years? Like Something like, yeah, it was him and Harper that were kind of the new faces of that It's hard for him. And, you know, and again, with the injury history that he has to maybe now trust, you're not even just moving to a new place. Just forget that. You're not even just moving to a new city with a new team. You're also now with new doctors, new training staff, like people that you're going to trust your career with, you know, like people are going to be taking care of you. Like there is some comfort in staying with what you know at the Nationals. So I like, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see him stay. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's kind of the pivotal question now for the Phillies is like, all the pitching that's left, there's still good pitchers available, but you're not that there's stop gaps or anything, but you're not getting like that top level talent. And it's almost like, do you just go balls to the wall offense now and just like sign, like go after someone like Anthony Rendon? Like, do you just, do you just go for it? Do you like make a big, cause we know that there's at least like eight or nine guys that are sort of trade available right now. Um, do you go get Chris Bryant? Like, do you go pull the trigger on one of these big-name guys and just say, screw it, like, we're going to absolutely slaughter teams, we're going to have three good pitchers, and just see what happens. And I don't know. That's a way to do it. Um, and then John Heyman also tweeted about three hours ago, Philly still seek one more starter, don't rule anything out. Okay, maybe Cole can be ruled out. Gotta like their style. I mean, yeah, it... Like I said, I always felt like we were kind of late to the party on Cole, not necessarily by our own fault either. I think, you know, that like both like Los Angeles, well, Anaheim, whatever, in New York have always kind of been preferred destinations. It doesn't necessarily mean that something lucky couldn't happen, though. I mean, it's not impossible. I just, I just feel like we're a little behind the curve uh, when it comes to that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, don't count us out as fair, but I, I just... I am curious to see where everything goes from here, and I'm curious to see what someone like Garrett Cole commands, because we've already seen people get paid, really paid this offseason, and it's a continuation from last year, and I wonder if that maybe scares some teams off, and already knowing that someone tried overpaying to get Zach, and he chose the Phillies, now part of that I think was a little more personal than anything, um, but you know, like that could come into play as well, although I think if you're debating between the Yankees and the Phillies, like... I think Phillies probably lose in a lot of arguments there, but I don't know. I there is like for me, I'm happy to be optimistic, simply because I think being negative is a drag right now. <laughs> um, but you know, like this is this is also the first move that we've made, and we've been relatively silent. Now you could say that's because we're working on this deal, but also like, need, I just need to see more. Like this is one big wave. I need like five more. I just I and just. And the do. nice thing is this happened before the winter meetings have yeah. even started, which I think is a good sign just overall with all the moves that have happened. Like we said, Cole Hamels going to the Braves one year. What is it with all of our legends just like going to uh, all the teams we hate? <laughs> one year, $18 million for Cole Hamels. I understand why we didn't do it because it's a significant chunk of your payroll, but one year and you can't find a way to get Cole Hamels back here and just kind of solidify this pitching staff where you don't really have to worry too much more about it this offseason, kind of a bag fumble, in my opinion. Like, yes and no. I think, again, all of us want Cole back. I think for a lot of it is nostalgia reasons, because we, we want Cole back. He reminds us of the good old days. Like, it's, he's fun, he's great, he, like, great person. 
I think I think eighteen million is a lot to play pay a guy for a one year rental if you're not a team that you feel like is right there. Plus, you can go out and get him next year if he's still playing. Right, and I, you know, he's he's an older player, and like frankly, I think he's a little bit. I wouldn't necessarily call it luxury, but he's he's almost like a risk that you're already taking a pretty significant risk with Zach Wheeler. You've already been completely decimated and blown apart by injuries this year, especially when it relates to pitching and you're relieving pitching. You can't really risk that, not even from an injury perspective, but just age drop-off that you get with Cole. Like, I, I just don't know that you can risk that because $18 million is a lot. Like, if, you know, that's a, like I know it's a one-year deal, but that's like, you know, again, I, I just I didn't really see that happening, and it sucks seeing him in Atlanta, obviously, but... Um, I don't know. Like, you know, I see like people talking about Josh Donaldson and I remember making fun of Atlanta for paying him what they did, even though it was a one year deal because he's an injury risk. And like, that's one of the reasons I don't really want him in Philly is because he's he's just such a big red flag. And yeah, Zach kind of has similar types of concerns. Not as worried, to be honest, but the, 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 the nervousness is definitely there. Like this team, like we saw what happened when McCutcheon went down. We were never the same after McCutcheon got hurt. I think our, our leadoff hitters never hit above 190 after that. And that's June. That's that's half of your season that, like, the first slot was just absolutely awful. And, you know, like, it, I don't want to blame everything on injuries in the last year, but I don't think, certainly can't say that they helped very much. Yeah. Um, and I think handing out big money to older guys that not only are an injury risk, but also, again, if they just hit that, if they hit that drop-off point, like we saw with Arietta, like, he's just, he's just past it. And now we're going to have to hear all about Arietta's going to be back and he's rehabbing and we're going to see a whole new Arietta oh, over it. Just done with it. The, the clock is ticking. The Phillies uh, were over a couple players too as the qualifying offer deadline has come and gone. I need a moment of silence because it's a rough day for my brand. Michael Franco and Cesar Hernandez have become free agents. It was it, two moves that were more than likely going to happen, especially for Cesar Hernandez, because he was going to make $12 million if he extended him the qualifying offer. And I think the Phillies were looking to upgrade at third base. They were looking at Mike Moustakis, who got an absolute bag thrown at him to play second base in Cincinnati. He is making $64 million over the next four years. Good for Moose after he kind of got, you know, the short end of the stick, two free agencies in a row. Um, but... The, the issue I have overall with the Cesar Hernandez, Michael Franco era of Phillies baseball is that Cesar Hernandez two years ago was a top 10 second baseman in baseball. You were still in the middle of your rebuild. How Matt Klintak doesn't find anybody as a trade partner for Cesar to get something will always blow my mind. And, you know... <laughs> We've we've talked a lot about Cesar too about it. He's constantly on on the the trade market too, and I it is baffling, and it's because Matt Klintak isn't very good at his job. I don't know, <laughs> you know, Matt Klintak is good at one thing, and that's throwing John Middleton's money at people, uh, and he does it pretty irresponsibly. And again, I'm not on this like mm, save the billionaire's money, but also he overpaid Bryce. I think he had to, and he he overpaid Zach. And again, based on what we know, he kind of had to to get him, but. I don't. I don't feel that uh, he is some uh, mastermind when it comes to organizing and and creating rosters that are uh, not only financially good and flexible for the future, but uh, talent-wise good. <laughs> I have I have many concerns and feelings about Matt Klintak, but you know what? I will save the oranges and the pillowcases for uh, for a later date because you know what? I think he heard us. I think he heard us slandering him. He's like, all right, gotta get up and do something. Checking the the news was not good last night. I was. No. I went to bed very unhappy with the Phillies. Like when you hear that, Having oh, they're, not they're just they're just monitoring. They haven't spoken to free agents, which is kind of weird because then the next day you sign like one of the five biggest free agents on the market this <laughs> this off season. Yeah, probably like the third best pitcher available. Yeah. Strange, um, but very strange. But just, hey. I just want him to know that the oranges are in the pillowcase, and that if he acts up, I will be beating him mercilessly. They are at the ready, and that is a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Clintock, I will kneecap you with oranges. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, I think right now is a a quality one-two punch. But like you said, 
we need more. We need to see more, and I think more is coming, whether it's through trade, free agency. You know, there's guys like Hyunjin Ryu that are still available from the Dodgers. Um, but, you know, that, that secondary pitching market is slowly dwindling away, especially now that Cole Hamels is off the market. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Phillies attack this because they need at least one more starting pitcher in this rotation. I saw a very hilarious thing to uh, kind of diversify the two Zacks fighting for, uh, you know, their spots in the rotation. Zach Wheeler spells his name with a CK, Zach Eflin with a CH. Corey Seidman from NBC Sports Philadelphia said to differentiate the two, Zach Wheeler's going to have more strikeouts, so he gets the K. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just shocked we have a guy in this rotation that throws 98 miles an hour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's. I feel like everyone doesn't want to be excited about this, but, like, this is pretty damn good. Like, this is exactly what we asked for, by the way, too. Like, for everyone that's, like, hemming, hemming and hauling over this, like, well, he's not. He's not Garrett Cole. Like, yeah, there's one Garrett Cole. Sorry. Right. And, like, we're probably not going to get him. Like, this is still. A, this is exactly what we asked for. We said we need at least two to three starters. And here you go. There's one of them. Sorted. Cool. Done. Thank now, you. Good work. Keep going. The biggest thing, too, with this is we know Zach Wheeler has had very good second half of the season the last two years. I think the biggest part of this signing is we need to see Brian Price be a very good pitching coach. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking talk about getting tested right in the new job. you got to deal with a guy that uh, is going to be paying – a lot of money, and they're going to have a lot of expectations, and there could be an additional, you know, ace being added to this. Um, you know, it's good that he's a good second half performer because this entire Philly team is. It. So <laughs> it'll be good to have someone that we can actually rely on, you know, past June to actually play baseball. That'll be cool. I just need to see results from Brian Price too, as the pitching. Co- this is like what you brought him in for. I need to see Zach Wheeler kind of develop another pitch. Because people have noticed that he throws that fastball on two strike counts a lot, and that's what beats him. That's when he gives up the home run ball. Gave up the most home runs in a season this past season with the Mets. Um, you're coming to a more hitter friendly ballpark too, so you're gonna have to you know diversify your your pitching arsenal, and that's where Brian Price comes into play. And I'm holding my breath, fingers crossed that he unlocks that kind of potential we've heard about Zach Wheeler since he was with the Giants, since he was drafted, and just is able to unlock it. And we get, you know, a one-two punch of, you know, back-to-back aces for the first time since, you know, 2010. And that's the thing, too, is everything you read about Zach Wheeler is about this, like, unreal... Like, people have varying degrees of, like skepticism about like some of the injury history and stuff and his consistency but i think one thing that is unanimously agreed on is like he has a stupidly high ceiling and that's impressive and yeah maybe you're paying a little bit of that premium in the hopes that you get again you could be getting his prime years of just an absolutely dominant pitcher like that is that is a a scenario that you're in right now um and it's weird too because you almost kind of forget that the Phillies have had manager turnover and have had like have new coaches this year. Like there's going to be lots of new faces all around, which is which is good because after the season you just had, like I think people deserve to to kind of have some turnover and, and some fresh ideas. But yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of pressure I think, on, especially on you know the, some of the coaching staff to get this all in shape and get it working and running quickly. Because I, I think the pressure has mounted a lot this offseason. I think from top down especially. I think John Middleton is probably like, I made some very arrogant, stupid comments last offseason. Don't make me look like an idiot. And I think the fans are like, I've spent a lot of money. <laughs> I've watched a lot of bad baseball this decade. I would like this team to, you know, win again. Um, so, yeah, they, I, th- I think it's all of this is a step in the right direction. But they're are like a thousand more steps <laughs> that need to be taken before I'm ready to, to look around and be like, okay, we're in a good spot. This is a, this is the right step. Though. Yes, it's an overpay, whatever. I don't get Like, who cares? It's not like the NFL where it's like a hard cap, like, mm-hmm. screw it. If it means John Lothan has to spend some extra money, cool. By all means. He better. You can get back <laughs> under the luxury tax next season. It's, yeah. it's a one-year thing. I do find it interesting, though, that uh, the White Sox did offer Zach Wheeler more money and like we said, 
His wife is from New Jersey, wanted to stay on the East Coast. His number one choice was to go to the Braves because he's from Georgia, and the Braves kind of just said that he was out of their price point. So if Cole Hamels is the only real significant starting pitching upgrade the Braves make, I'm suddenly okay because we know the Braves starting pitching is young. They had their growing pains. They still are inconsistent. They're losing uh, Julio Tehran to free agency more than likely. So if Cole Hamels is the only guy they're bringing in who's in his late 30s, has started to see injury issues, that's a win for the Phillies too, that you were able to get this guy away from not only an American League team paying him more money, but your division rival as well, and he wanted to come to you. Yeah, exactly. And that's um, that's a good situation to find yourself in. And you kind of have to look and hope around that some of the, uh, the NLA's teams maybe take a step back. Unfortunately, a lot of the stars on those teams are young, and you would expect to, if not be back, at least improving next year. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I Plus, love it was meant to be. Yes, because there's a a baby picture of Zach Wheeler roaming around social media. I believe it's his his wife mm-hmm. posted it um, of him in a Philly shirt and a Phillies hat, and the caption says, "I'm so beyond proud of this man. I can't wait for this new journey with our little family. Your hard work paid off, babe. Time to take on Philly." Bada bing. Let's do it. Him and him and Bryce. Just hanging Wheels out. up. Family men. I love how we're picking. We are now the family men team. That's what we are. We are picking players away from all of our opponents, too. Bryce Harper from the Nationals. JT from I mean, the Marlins. If we Marlins. get Strasburg as well, like, that's Let's do pretty it. good. We're like the Thanos of the NL East. <laughs> Bring me the stones. <laughs> just, just collecting everyone. I mean, that'd be nice. If we could scalp some more players, that'd be, that'd be great. a good position. But the, uh, And the only other significant move that's happened in the NL East outside of Cole Hamels and uh, Zach Wheeler coming here is the Miami Marlins announced that they're moving the fences in down at Marlins Park. So we'll be able to hit home runs there for once. Oh, my God. What a team. What a team. Uh, do we want to stay in Miami? Do we want, do we want to just get it over with? Shall we? We should probably just stay in Miami. Let's just stay in Miami. You know who's Let's staying in Miami? Half the team should stay in Miami. Max Collins is staying in Miami. He should just retire. Should be forced retirement in the NFL. Good Lord. The Eagles, they stink. They lost to the Dolphins. They blew a 14-point lead. They gave up the worst trick play touchdown I've ever seen in my entire life. Worse because you are not right because <laughs> you are an Eagles fan. That was amazing, <laughs> and worse because it was so blatantly obvious. And Doug Peterson did not call a timeout. You know what's so interesting about the Dolphins is they are like such team chaos. They're like they're going for like on fourth and seven on their own thirty, just because it's like we don't care. We absolutely don't care. They are. Um, you know that like really cringy quote about like a wounded lion is dangerous when its back is against the wall. <laughs> the li- dolphins aren't wounded; they're just like a lion that ate bath salts, and they're just like yes. oh, this. This lion has nothing to lose; like <laughs> it will claw you apart. It just doesn't care. Dolphins don't care. They they're willing to run trick plays like because they have nothing to nothing play for. To lose. They, they're they're not tanky enough to get like a top three pick right now. Like and they're whatever they've made their peace with that. And Brian Flores, like, you know what? I'm just have fun with it. I'm just gonna get real weird with it, and I'm just gonna have Devontae Parker just absolutely sun the entire Eagles secondary. And yeah, it's, I don't think I'm exaggerating. One of the most embarrassing losses. I think it's the most embarrassing loss of the Doug Peterson era. I think if you're looking at this entire decade of Eagles losses, it's up there. It might it might crack a, a top ten list. I don't know. Like I, you'd have to really. I, I think we'd have to go back and look, but. You know, in terms of stakes, it's not like this was a meaningless game. This game was essentially a playoff game. Again, because you got the help from Dallas losing. You know that you're going to need to win out. You know that now it makes it even more difficult for you to, to, to win the division, which is the only way you're making the playoffs. Um, and You got yeah. a good Alshon Jeffrey game because he's healthy. <laughs> and, but it, it's, it's and yeah, I mean, who knows? Like senior citizens, when they get to Florida, they do get that, like, extra boost. It's all that <laughs> Nelson Aguilar B. caught balls. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. But, you know, they did the one thing we said that Doug Peterson had to do. Run the ball. But, of course, Doug got away from it like typical Doug when they uh, when they start getting frantic. Heads are going to turn in this organization if they miss the playoffs. Chris Mortensen came out this week and said it. If, uh, if the Eagles miss the playoffs, there are going to be 
quote, significant changes on the coaching staff. He said he's not saying Doug Peterson's getting fired, but there will be big changes, which to me just screams Mike Groh is gone, Press Taylor's gone, the quarterback coach, potentially Jim Schwartz. I think Jim Schwartz is firmly in the hot seat because I know we've sort of done this boomerang thing with the defense all this year where they're terrible. Oh, they're pretty good because they're healthy now. No, they're terrible. Um, to get burned by Ryan Fitzpatrick two years in a row is <laughs> just unbelievable. Um, you think you'd learn. <laughs> Watching film it's of em- what this guy has done to you. It's it's embarrassing. Like There's, there's really no other word for it. It's, it's embarrassing. Uh, Yes, this Dolphins team is like nothing to lose, and we're playing very fast and loose. But you had like it's not even like this was like a neck and neck game. Like you had firm control of this game at a point, and you, you intercepted the ball ten seconds into the game. Yeah, to just automatically win a possession, hey, and you lose the game. You you had just about every quote unquote advantage in this game, right? Like you have you have the firmly better players, better roster, better everything, and. You, you lose a very meaningful game to a team that's just not very good. And, and now you really have to rely on Dallas to lose games. Which is possible, but... And you... you Like, you ha- like that's the other thing. You have to beat Dallas now. And it's been that way for a while, but there's no other... Literally no other option this season's over. I think this season's probably over as it is now, just because... I don't know. I Again, if you can't even beat the Dolphins... I... I don't know what confidence level you have in a primetime matchup against the Cowboys because I don't I don't think anyone does or should really have a ton of confidence. Only thing team. the Eagles have going for them this week is Daniel Jones is in a walking boot and it looks like Eli Manning's going to play on Monday Night Football. And you know what's going to happen, though? Eli Eli's going gonna... to get over 500 in his career. He's going to finally beat the Eagles for the first time since 2016 and then really put a nail in this conference. And it's going to be like his send-off. And it's going to be every Giants fan like... They're going to love it. Your brother is going to have the ultimate jersey on in the shower, beer Snapchat session. Yeah, he was happy because this this helps draft position now. I'm pissed the Steelers keep finding ways to win. I want this Mika Fitzpatrick (laughs) deal to actually work in our favor. Christ. Duck Hodges, man. You know what it is. The the Browns are just such an embarrassment. They just so move bad. that team. They disgust me. Everything about them disgusts me. Again. They're doing fancy celebrations when they're down 13. Disgusting so the, team. The Eagles are doing the same thing. Yeah, well, you know what? The Eagles at least have like earned some of that respect. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, Baker Mayfield, what a joke that guy is. We will dive more into this atrocious football team, team. Uh, this weekend on will our we? Saturday show. I don't know. Potentially. <laughs> we'll... We'll figure it out. I don't know if they deserve it. Uh, but two teams that are absolutely rolling right now are the Sixers and Flyers. Turns out you got to play in the Wells Fargo Center to be good. <laughs> this season combined, the Sixers and Flyers at the Wells Fargo Center are 19-1-4. and four. You know what it is? It is the new Megatron 4K Ultra screen we have <laughs> hanging in the Distracting middle. Distracting every opponent. Hey, man. I, I'm just saying, we didn't have that kind of home record without it. Who do so, we want to talk about first, the Sixers or the Flyers? You know what? I think we should talk about the Flyers. because I think it. I think we've shunned them a lot this year. Not that they don't deserve it. Um, they are proving us wrong. I though. did something I haven't done very much at all in the past few years. I watched a, a complete Flyers game. hey Without even, like, very minimal phone usage, very minimal, like, you know, checking out. Watch a complete one. After the fact, I didn't even watch it live. I was like, you know what? I got to watch this game. And you know Look what? At that. Flyers are fun again. And as I say that, they're going to go on a terrible... <laughs> I am so terrified of praising the Flyers because I feel like we've heard this story so much. This team has gone in like 10, 11 game win streaks and has still missed playoffs. <laughs> like this team has tortured us for pretty much this entire decade. And I am very nervous to get super excited. But... Like, they had a, a record-tying amount of points in the month of November. Right now, they're a top-five team. Most points of any team in the NHL in November. They're a top-five team in the league. Carter Hart had an amazing game last night. Stood on his head. He he concedes to a goal that was just kind of a fluke. And you're seeing, like, some of these young guys finally come up and actually make, like, offensive differences, which is great. 
Connect Me had a great game again. Like you, Connect Me has twenty seven goals in twenty eight games. MVP. I mean, <laughs> conversation. Like that's what's exciting about the Flyers is like it's not like some of these same old faces where that have burned you so much. Like this isn't like JVR. Like Evan right. Rodriguez is like this is going away at some point. Like you're you're excited about it because it's like these prospects that you've kind of wanted to see play actually playing and playing well, and that's exciting. And you know the Flyers deserve some praise. They deserve some love. And I know last night the one of the figures was the, like the attendance wasn't great. Which, you know... It's similar to the 2018 Phillies. We saw them performing well, but nobody really wanted to invest and go down because they knew it was going to end at some point. Which is weird for the Flyers because that's yes. like a, a notably like pretty... No, it's like a weird time of the year. And like, you know, money's tight for a lot of people that buy the Christmas presents mm-hmm. and stuff, whatever. You just had Thanksgiving, a lot of travel. So like, it's not... And it's, a, it's like a, a weekday game. So like, whatever. There's excuses to be out there, but it is... It is a sign still, though, that there's, like, uh, they've lost some favor with a lot of Philly fans, I think. And, you know, it, it is a little, you know, if I was, like, a hardcore Flyers fan, I'd be a little annoyed that they didn't get really any praise, generally speaking, from, like, kind of, like, Philly sports media oh, for what a great month they had. That's why I want to talk about them a little bit, too, because, you yeah. know, they, they, des- they deserve praise. They deserve our attention. They deserve our care. They are on and a, I, I've not said that sentence about the Flyers in a very long time. <laughs> they are on a seven-game point streak. You know, they, yeah. they lost in a shootout to Calgary November 23rd, but still get a point there. And every other game, they've won since November 21st. That's pretty damn good. And then they play the Coyotes tomorrow night. They play the Senators on Saturday and the Avalanche on Wednesday. Three again winnable games that if they continue playing at this pace, continue playing, you know, with this chemistry that they have, who's saying they can't win those three next three games? You know, they are playing the type of hockey I think we all expected from the talent pool that they have, the veteran leadership that they have, and what we kind of expected from AV as the head coach of this team. And right now, they're one of the hottest teams in all sports. Yeah, and I, I think even even beyond that too, like you're just seeing, um, you know, you like you hear so much like in the preseason about like, oh, the mood has changed, everything's changed. This it does feel like at least a little different this year. Again, I think because you had some some coaching change, and you have some of these young guys in, it genuinely does feel different. But you know, I, I give them their praise, and I'm excited about them. But it's all very reserved still. And I don't want to say it too loudly because there's a very real part of me that feels like we could be talking in January about what a terrible December they had. Now it all fell apart. But it does feel different in that every other time that we've had a Flyers run, you know, I'm talking like the wind streaks. I'm talking like, you know, good months. It's it's always felt on a knife's edge where it's like, uh, this is going to fall apart at some point. Like either something is happening that is unsustainable it, it actually feels like the Flyers are a good team. Like, they, they feel like, okay, yeah, this is this is real. This isn't, like, just variance in the scheduling and just getting some lucky wins here and there. Like, no, they look, look like a pretty legitimately good and fun team to watch. Like, I don't know. Like, that's that's the thing. Dare I say the Flyers have their swagger back. They're, you, they're playing. You might, you might dare to say. They're playing, like Jake Voracek said, with that FU attitude. You know, they found it again. And that's. And even outside of that rough start to the season, which was partly expected. a catalyst because of the massive amount of travel they had to go under, like, this team has played, like, good, close games. Like, you know, they had the one Penguins loss, which is bad, but you've had tons of, like, overtime and like shootout wins which is like not something you've really been able to say the flyers in years past like you've seen like some things like that that you just roll your eyes like here we go like change this year which is which is a a bright and positive spot but at the same token i I gotta see another month of this i gotta we'll see what happens into the new year with the flyers but i am uh hopefully optimistic about this team, which, now, is, uh, which is exciting to be. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Kevin Hayes was mic'd up, and it's absolutely hilarious. So I'm going to play the audio here because I laughed my ass off. Watch this video probably five times. 
go. Here we go. Young Beezer in the cut. Cashew. Snowman. Pitsy. Bobby. Boys, I'm Mike today. Just let everyone know. Don't say anything stupid. Kind of hot. Kind of hot. Going once, going twice. Sold. Kind of hot. Coots. It is. Ah! <laughs> looking good, looking good. Come on, man. Come on, man. Good warming, good warming. Sandy, run it. Frosty. In the cut. Pitsy, steady Eddie. Come on, Nicky. Come on, Gobs. Come on, Rapsy. Yakube, G. Boost! Oh, here. It's like a. Uh... It's like we. It's like those weird college football like signs when yes. they're calling their plays. It's like that. Like it's just random. It's random dictionary Banter. words. It's like that Kanye Kim clip where he their dictionary game where they have to highlight words and talk about how they're positive. Good for Kevin Hayes. I'm glad he's you know he's putting his uh his leisurely time to use there. But that's the type of stuff we're talking about. You know, they're loose, they're they're having fun, and that's something we probably haven't seen from the Flyers in a couple years now. And good thing they spent money to bring in a fun guy uh, in Kevin Hayes. But let's keep it rolling, Fly Guys, because when you're good, the city feels good about you. And we like talking about you, especially when you're good. So let's keep this thing rolling. They, uh, they are home tomorrow against Arizona, so... Should be a fun game, but let's talk about these Sixers too, Matt, because they're on a roll. Ben Simmons making his case for uh, Defensive Player of the Year with three steals in 13 seconds and absolutely pissing off the Pacers head coach as one Joel Embiid and the entire Sixers team. Uh, Pacers assistant head coach just doesn't like us, but Brett Brown wants to invite him to Christmas dinner, but he gets no dessert because he slandered Joel. And that is fair. Um... Yeah, who knew? Hey, you know what's great is that it was Ben and Tobias that absolutely pulled that game through, and those are the two most slandered, not even just Sixers, I think two of the most slandered Philly athletes that we have right now, um, and just the utter silence whenever those two have a good game, and especially when, again, they're the ones that are pulling through in the clutch is great, because it's hilarious how... Uh, listen, like, it's all in good fun for the most part when people, like, you know, talk about them and, like, have their jokes, but it is hilarious how uh, how in people get on just kind of crapping on them and, and being so negative about a team that is, like, just slaughtering opponents. A little bit of uh, breaking news here from John Heyman. Zach Wheeler has no no-trade clause, but he gets a suite on the road and four premium seats plus the $118 million. Damn, a suite on the road? That's... That's high living. What is he? His family traveling with him? I guess you've got $118 million. Yeah. But <laughs> bringing, bringing the show around town with you. No, no trade clause. So that's interesting. interesting. So, you know, say the Phillies want to get out from underneath that contract three years from now. Bada bing, bada boom. You're able to do it. But the Sixers, man, they are shutting everybody up continuously. You know, I, I it's so funny seeing who the casual NBA fans are on Twitter and online and just in general because they think that November and December basketball is like the end-all, be-all. But the Sixers are in a fantastic position. They are 10-0 and at home, and they're, they're playing good basketball. And they have played good basketball for the majority of the season. Yes. And, again, you've had the, the injury issues. Richardson got out again a few times last week. Um, and... I don't know. You're you're in a, a great position. The team is playing well. Uh, they absolutely slaughter people rebounding because they're massive. Uh, they have a great assist percentage. Move the ball well. Uh, the, against the Jazz, that game was some of the best offense we've seen this entire year. And the Jazz aren't quite the defensive team that they've been in like the past few years. But they're still like a above average NBA defense, and they absolutely torched them in that first half and, and blew the doors up. And this was not really a competitive affair uh, until very late in the game with this kind of meager push to try and make it make it look better than it was. But you know, and even like someone like Tobias Harris, who like we all have our reasons for not liking him and whatever, and it's mostly because of his contract, which isn't up to him. Um, he's been great. 
He's been playing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's had great nights, and it, it's just crickets. You know, and I love Embiid to death. One of my favorite players of all time in any sport. But uh, anytime Embiid has a great night, it's like people won't shut up about it, which is fine. Flex it. I don't care. I flex it too. But Tobias has similarly dominant nights, and everyone's just like, man, not that great. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like. The, I don't like watching him. He's not a fun player to watch. And I'm sorry. Embiid is fun to watch in like spurts, but Embiid's offense is some of the most frustrating shit you'll watch all year. I love Embiid to death. I'm saying this with with all the love in my heart. But there are at least four times a game I'm like slapping my forehead, like Jesus Christ. Like if I have to watch him shoot a shot like that again, I'm I'm gonna run into a wall until I pass out. Like it's just, he can be an incredibly frustrating player. And my point with all this is just like. Just the negativity around this team still is like Christ alive. Like, can we just like, <laughs> like I had to watch just absolutely dog shit basketball for four years. Can we just be happy that we're like just blowing teams You're out? Fifteen and six, guys. Like Jesus, man. We used to not even get fifteen wins in a season. Like <laughs> there was one season where we didn't even come close to fifteen wins. Like, like we, I I know that this team has issues. Like we know every team has issues. We know. <laughs> like. We know. <laughs> like you're not you're not smart. You're not saying anything new by saying Ben Simmons doesn't have a jumper. You're not smart or saying anything new by saying Tobias is overpaid. You're not, you're not smart. You're not saying anything new and adding anything to discussion by saying this team is going to have potential issues with matchups in the playoffs. News news flash. Every team is going to have potential issues with matchups because that's all the playoffs are is potential issues with matchups. Who knew? Riddle me that, Batman. <laughs> it's just dumb, man. Like, oh my god. Like, just the the the, the hem and hawing about this team and that. Well, well Ben Simmons. You know, how much does he want it? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, just stop. Just, just for once, I want to be like just a boomer. Just shut up and just watch. Like, it's just like there's. The, I think I think we, there's a disease of like Sixers Twitter, where it's like people get in this like this space where it's like everyone kind of has the same opinions and just keep sharing them and it's like at a certain point you don't even realize what you're talking about anymore and it's just you sh- sitting there there's people i think legitimately are happier when the sixers are not performing well because it fits their agenda better i genuinely believe this i genuinely think there are and people we're not just talking jazz fans no <laughs> jesus christ god bless them bless their hearts they're gonna have a great 41 and 41 season good for them um but it's it's just like just give it a rest. Like it's, it's just just barely December now. I don't even think it was the Jazz game was in December. I think it was the last game of November. Uh, it was the first game of December, oh. December second. Jesus Christ, demon man. Um, but that, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of exhausting. That's my Agreed. rant about about. If you're gonna tweet about the Sixers, only positive stuff. I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see your, your negative nonsense. I don't, I don't care about your Ben Simmons takes in December. I just they're don't. Because <laughs> guess what? They're not new. <laughs> I've seen it. They're not changing. I've read 800 articles about this at this point. I hear it on every podcast. I mentions the Sixers. I don't need to hear you say it. <laughs> Some positivity though about this team. They kick ass. <laughs> that, uh, you know, they're. They're in prime position right now to just keep rolling, and we're giving you the opportunity to go see them this weekend. Say, what? Not only once, but we are giving away two pairs of tickets, one on Saturday, thanks to our friends at the Process Potables. They're giving away two tickets to the Sixers matchup against the Cavs, and then... From us, we we just got in the Cyber Monday giving season. You know, it's in the air. We're giving away two tickets to Sunday's six o'clock showdown, the rematch with the Toronto Raptors. All you got to do is follow both of those accounts at Underground PHI and at Process Potables on Twitter. Retweet those tweets, and you are entered. It is that simple. And just follow us. It's more of this is coming. It is the season of giving. We wanted to get you guys down to the Wells Fargo Center. For some good basketball, because we just absolutely dominate at home, and that's what we're doing. Plus, on Friday, you get a little precursor to the weekend as uh, Process Potables will be on the road. I have to find what brewery it is, but it is on their Twitter and on their website and Instagram for their one year uh, as a podcast celebration. we love to see that, and uh, go on down. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, go hang out with them. It was also really cool last night, Matt. To see Josh Richardson at the Blue Coats game. Coach Jay Rich was in the building uh, checking out the little dudes. 
And that is the kind of stuff that makes me very happy with the Sixers team. Is that feels, you know, as good as they play as well, they seem like a good unit. I feel like everyone everyone really enjoys being around each other. And part of that is because they're winning. Um, but yeah, that's that's all good stuff. And it makes it warms my heart and my soul. It's like that old book, Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul. That's what the Sixers yes. team is for me. I love I love I love watching the Sixers now. It's, it's great. Sensational. It is it is one of the lights of my life. And yes, it can be frustrating, but damn it, this team is good. They're so good. And all these these nerds talk about how oh, I thought the Sixers were gonna be clear above. Just wait. We had a tough we had a tough tough start to the season, all right? Wait till everyone's healthy for once. Get all five of us back. Talk to us then. Wizards on the road tomorrow. You know what we're about? We're about championships. You know okay, you don't action. win in November? A championship. No major sport does that. He's mm. right. Wizards tomorrow. This is the first Wednesday night. We haven't had Sixers basketball since the season started. Interesting. Uh, Thanks for the night off, guys. We are on the road tomorrow against the Wizards. And then, like we said, the back-to-back home games against the Cavs and Raptors this weekend. And then Tuesday, wrap up the home stretch against uh, the Joker and the Nuggets. And then uh, the first time seeing the Celtics in Boston. Should be a doozy. It, it does. We do have a pretty difficult, uh, like, festive period coming up. Um, Going to test us very well. Last time we had a stretch like this, okay. You know, Embiid was suspended for part of it. Um, but, you know, we, we've contended very well with a lot of the other top teams in the league so far this season. And I'm curious to see kind of getting that, that next brutal test coming up. But... We have some very winnable games. Wizards, one of the top offenses in the league. Very curious to see how we, we kind of perform against them. Should be beating them, for being honest. Cavs should be a punching bag. Be very happy to get another shot at the Raptors. Nuggets, struggling. Jokic, struggling this year. Um, another rematch with them. Another rematch. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's always fun playing this. Like, there's... That's what I'm saying about the Sixers. There's so much fun. It's like... It's ex- always a storyline. It's exciting. It's great. This is must-see TV. I'm so happy. Like they're they're breaking records for their streaming, uh, like numbers and all this. And and then you have the attendance record now. You have the home record. Uh, I saw in the last like hundred or something home games, the Sixers have like the third best record in the league, and the, and I think the fourth highest attendance. They're they're selling out like every game. And it's like there used to be this narrative that like right, the fans won't come back. The fans are back. <laughs> the fans have been back. The Jimmy Butler game was the 100th consecutive sellout. Like I think that's when I heard the stat was on. I was listening to I think on the radio, and they mentioned that in like the post game that that was whatever. I think there was like something obscene. It was like the 82nd win in yeah. that time. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. I love the Sixers. They're just so good. We love when they're good. And uh, it's only getting started, dare I say, Matt, that, that festive stretch run. It's going to be a test. I'm going to do it. I'm going to hate myself for saying this. It's Testivus. Nah, that was good. That was good. I tried my best. I got called a boomer last night on Twitter for the first time. And uh, I feel like I'm living up to the potential there. But make sure you guys enter that giveaway for either game, both games if you want. The Cavs. And the Raptors games, we've got two tickets given away. The Raptors game tickets will be, we will announce the winner probably on the show on Saturday. That way, uh, give you some incentive to tune in. But we'll also tweet out the winner as well, so you'll have the tickets well before. And then, uh, I believe Saturday's game, it'll be announced at the one-year anniversary uh, podcast for the Potables and everything there. So, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at UndergroundPHI. It's where you get all this goodness. It's where you get these ticket giveaways, all these giveaways that uh, we, we somehow kind of muster up. And it's all thanks to our sponsors. Uh, but it's at Underground PHI. So make sure you follow us there. And then uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about this Sixers team, this Flyers run. How you feel about Zach Wheeler coming to Philadelphia? The potential for DD Gregorius coming. We didn't even dive into that, but Joe Girardi. It's plenty just to pumping the on. tires there, uh, and then just yell at the Eagles, but leave five stars. Uh, and you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. You can follow and stream us on iHeartRadio, 
And you can follow us, subscribe, and all that good stuff on the Radio.com app. We'll be back on Saturday talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. Probably more baseball news because of the way the market is moving. Hopefully some more Sixers and Flyers wins. And uh, we'll be previewing Monday Night Football against the New York freaking Giants that are led by Eli Manning. We better wear all black on Monday night. Make a statement. As always, show brought to you by our friends at Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Also, rest of the week, make sure you check out our design tree storefront, dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, 20% off our entire storefront, promo code Cyber Monday. Whole week. Can't beat it. Shirts, you can't. Hoodies. You can try, but you won't. You won't. Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. You can follow them on Twitter as well, at DSGNTree. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 190. Welcome to Philadelphia, Zach Wheeler. I hope you're ready. For Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace. <laughs>